Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. miracles. That is the question that is before us today. One more time, just for good measure, so we remember, he is risen. Amen. It never gets old. I've been saying that for 15 years, and it is just as true today as when it was that first Easter morning. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Do you believe in miracles? That is the question that's before us today, and you don't have to answer that for us, my, my preaching teammates and myself up here this morning, we want you and we challenge you to answer that question for yourselves. Do you believe in miracles? And your answer to that question could change everything. That is the question that is posed by our good friend this Easter morning, Ted Lasso. I don't know if there's any Ted Lasso fans out there. Give a little woot woot if you're out there. It's okay. You can admit it in church. It's okay. Uh, It's all right. For those of you that haven't seen it, Ted Lasso is an American football coach that goes across the pond to England and becomes the coach of an English football soccer club. And at first, his team doesn't really like his vibe. They don't like his style and his, his personality. But after a while, they realize there's something different about this guy. There, there's something different about him, and, and I, I believe it's hope. Ted Lasso believe, has a belief in belief. There's something different about this guy that he believes in something that's bigger than him. And I love the line there, Coach Beard is kind of the goofy one there at the end. You know, is this miracle thing just in movies? Is it just a Hollywood thing, or is it real life? Both. Everybody say both. It has to be both because we know that miracles are real because you are staring into the face of the biggest miracle in human history this morning. Amen? Death has been defeated and Jesus is alive. We know this this morning, that first Easter morning, when the women went to the tomb that you saw earlier in the service come up, they were going expecting to anoint a dead body. Their expectations were very low, and maybe you're not a church-going person, and you walked in here this morning, and your expectations are pretty low as well. I have a feeling that Jesus is about to blow your mind. The biggest miracle in the history of the world, and I would propose to you, one of the most historically accurate, one of the most historically proven, scientifically proven miracles in all of human history. Do you believe in miracles? Not just a miracle, but the greatest news in the history of the world. The Apostle Paul puts it this way for all you Bible readers out there in 1 Corinthians 15. And let's say it together in your, I am a wide awake, 9 o'clock Easter morning worshiper. I've had my breakfast sandwich. I've had two cups of coffee. Let's go. Let's read it together. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day. Of first importance. Not second, not third, not when I get around to it, not, not one time a year when I, when I come to worship and, or twice a year when I come on Christmas and Easter, 
Noah, first importance. If we had one message for you this morning, if you hear nothing else, the message of the gospel, the message of Christianity, the message of the Bible, no matter what you've been told, I am so thrilled to tell you. There is a God who loves you more than you will ever know. One of the most famous passages in all of Scripture, you know it, for God so loved the world that he gave you, that he gave you. God loved you so much that he gave you his one and only son. It's this gift that he's giving to you this morning that he's holding out for you. Salvation, no matter what you've heard, salvation is not something that you earn by being good enough or religious enough or moral enough. Salvation is a gift that you receive. It's a miracle that you step into this morning. This is the, this is the news that we sing about. This is the, why we have four services, why we go all out for Easter. It's what we sing and worship about. It's what our worship team led us about this morning. Praise God for our worship team this morning once again for all their gifts. We are so thankful for musically gifted people because you don't want Pastor Hurst and I singing for you on Easter morning. That would be a disaster. We're so thankful for, for those artists, for our visual artists as well. This is Austin from our creative arts team here at Hope Elam. We have many talented painters and artists. Welcome, Austin, here this morning. If the sermon gets a little boring for you, you can watch that sermon. It's, it's beautiful as well. And make sure you check it out afterwards as well. Do you believe in miracles? That word miracle, that's a, that's a powerful word. Everybody say miracle. miracle. We don't use that word. Thank you. We don't use that word very often. We only use it for big things, things that cannot be explained any other way. When the odds are set against you, when, when, when somebody is miraculously healed, we call it a miracle. When somebody has spent months in the hospital because of COVID-19 and they finally come home, it's a miracle. When your favorite sports team come, has a come-from-behind victory, we call it a miracle win. I don't know, this is hard to say as a Hawkeye fan, but you might say that the Cyclones making it to the Sweet 16 is a miracle for all you Cyclone fans out there. Just a little tip of the cap for you. For all you golfing fans, you might say it's a miracle. Tiger Woods gets in a life-threatening near-death automobile accident less than a year ago and last weekend plays in the Masters Golf Tournament. You might say that's a miracle. For those of you that can remember back in 1980, the U.S. hockey team in the 1980 Olympics defeats the Soviets, one of the biggest upsets in sports history. And you remember, maybe you heard it live, Al Michaels, the announcer, gets on the PA and says, do you believe in miracles? I think you're louder than that. Do you believe in yeah. miracles? And your answer to that question is going to change everything. And that's why I think sports are such a powerful analogy for life. Why so many of us love, because I know I do, because I think deep inside, every single one of us longs for a comeback victory. You were created for that. It's hardwired into you. But I think if we're honest, life doesn't always seem like a fairy tale, does it? Life feels a little bit more like a mess than a miracle. Maybe for some of you, your story these days, this last year, is not one of victory. It's one of defeat. Maybe it's relational struggles. Maybe it's financial struggles. Maybe it's health concerns for you or your family. Maybe the passion and fire in your marriage that was once there is on the rocks. Maybe it's for you as a, as a parent with young kids. You're just desperate to find some sanity 
just some rest. You're like, you want to talk about miracles? It's a miracle that my kids are here and have clothes on this morning. And that is a miracle that you are at Easter, mom and dad. Way to go. Congratulations. I don't even know where my kids are, so we'll find them later, okay? We're so glad that you're here. But maybe you feel defeated, like you don't have that victory, that you've been waiting on an answer to prayer for God, from God for so long. For some of you, it just doesn't feel like a miracle. It feels more like a mess. And at Hope Elam, we talk a lot about this. We want to be a church where it's okay to not be okay. We want to be a church where you can come in just as you are and not where you should be. And not feel like how you should be. That life is a mess. Can we just be honest? Life is messy sometimes. This is the audience participation part of the sermon. Turn to the person next to you with all the loving kindness in your heart and say, neighbor, you're a mess. Tell them that right now. You're a mess. You're a mess. Now turn to that same person and say, but I am too. But I am too. Tell them that. But I am too. <laughs> Some of you that are sitting next to your spouse are saying, thank you. I've been waiting for that moment. You are a hot mess. You're a mess. We don't need to convince you that life is a mess. Life is not just a mess for us. Life is a mess out in the world. War in Ukraine, humanitarian crisis, a pandemic that lingers on, school violence and shooting just blocks from here. The reality hits home. Anxiety and depression at an all-time high. You feel that. In fact, there was a national survey done this past year, just a few months ago, actually. Hundreds and thousands of people all over the country. And 84%, 84% of those surveyed said that they are completely overwhelmed and anxious at the state of the world around them. We love to just speak right into the reality of our world here at Hope Elam. And so a couple months ago, we actually did an entire sermon on mental health, on mental illness. And you might be saying, in the church? Yes, of course, the church, because we believe that we should be leading out on those things. People are hurting. People are struggling. And you might be one of them. And all we did was said, it's real. Mental illness is a thing. Anxiety, depression, it's a thing. And Jesus cares so much about you. He cares about the mess that you're in. And he meets you in the middle of that. That's all we did. We just spoke into it. And the response was overwhelming. Dozens and dozens and dozens of people came forward and are getting help with counselors, getting help with medication, and certainly the healing power of Jesus Christ. Praise God that people are getting the help that they need in that. Life is a mess. It's not just a mess out there. It's a mess in here. It's the guilt. It's the shame that you brought in here with you this morning. It's the burdens that you feel. It's the, the sin, the ways that we go outside of God's boundaries and try to do life our way. It's the sin that we can't defeat on our own. There are two things this morning in the mess of our world that we will never be able to defeat on our own strength. Our sin and our death. No matter how strong you are, tough you are, apathetic you are this morning, indifferent that you are, how much money you make, what your job is, what your job title is, where you live, or what car you drive, you will never be able to conquer and defeat the power of your own sin and our own death by yourself. That's why we need a miracle. Enter Jesus. Because here's the reality. To fight something stronger than you, you're going to need someone stronger than it. Praise God for Easter that we have a risen Savior that has kicked death to the curb. Amen? That is the good news this morning. And so Jesus says this in John chapter 16. He speaks right into the middle of the mess. 
in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus doesn't come in and snap his fingers and fix it all. Jesus doesn't always come in and change our circumstances. He says, I have the power over your circumstances. That the worst thing is never the last thing. That I have defeated whatever, everything and anything that you will ever come against in your life that you will experience, even death. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is where real hope comes from. Not circumstantial hope, not circumstantial joy that goes up and down based on your circumstances. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about real hope. Jesus is not just the light at the end of the tunnel for whatever you're going through this morning. Jesus is the light in the middle of the tunnel. And he says, wherever you are, you are not alone. I am right there with you in the middle of the mess. But let's be honest. We don't feel like we're living a miracle most days. Most days, we feel like it's a mess. Well, we're really excited to tell you, Pastor Hurst is going to tell you all about a God and a Savior that has a habit of showing up in the mess and making a miracle. Amen? You guys got to forgive me. I'm overwhelmed today. Uh, my first point is doubt today and deliverance. And I'm just like putty in God's hand because I see my friend Nash. Uh, come on, Aaron. Doubt all around us, and I see that lovely boy. And, man, it's like I'm living the sermon. I'm living it. To be in the commons area and to have Harper and Gavin to come and love on me, you know, that's for those of you who much rather see a sermon than hear one. But let us put me, let me let us all be on the same page today. See, I'm a mess. A mess because of what God has showed me. And I've also experienced a miracle. But let, us, let me put us all on the same page today. For we've all sinned, oh, come on, and fallen short. Of the glory of God. We all, on, we all in the same basket today. None of us are righteous. But I got good news for you today. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life. That's great news. That's the good news today. But even in that good news, as I see Nash, as I see Gavin and Harper, why do I still doubt God sometimes? Why do I still don't believe God can do what he said he could do? Well, we get it honest as we peruse the Bible. The father of the faithful, Abraham. Uh, God says, Abraham, you and Sarah are going to have a child out of your own bowels. Abraham say, I'm old and she older. So then out of that miracle God was going to create, watch how they turn that miracle into a mess. Somebody's here today waiting on God and God ain't showed up yet. Don't be like Abraham and Sarah. Then they made Hagar have a baby, Ishmael. Then they took Ishmael, I need a Bible reader now, and they offered Ishmael up to God. 
They they offered sin up to God because they doubted that God couldn't do what he said he could do. Just like the disciples when John was in prison, John told the disciples, go tell Jesus that I'm in prison so he can free me. Now, they had been with Jesus, and they, and they ran up on Jesus, and they said, watch the doubt. Are you the one, or shall we look for another? Doubt. Doubt is for the saved and the unsaved. But on this Easter morning, my favorite prayer that we can turn your doubt into deliverance today. Let's go to the scripture. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side. Watch, this is Thomas. Now, I need a Bible reader now. In John, the 11th chapter, right around verse 16, Thomas says, I love you, God. I'll die with you. I'll go wherever you go. So, hmm, what happened between John chapter 11 and John chapter 20. Well, he ran into some mess. Well, he got miserable. Well, he made some mistakes. Even though he was a disciple, he said, I will not believe. Wow, John looked at Thomas and said, how can you not believe? And then came Jesus. Jesus came through the door, and John and the disciples says, there he goes, Thomas. And then Thomas went from doubt to deliverance. When Jesus showed up, watch Thomas' reaction. Thomas said, my Lord, my God. I don't know about you this morning, but my God can do exceedingly, abundantly, infinitely, much more than I could ever ask or think. My God is able to do what he promises to do. When I'm knocked down, my God can pick me up. When I'm broken, my God can fix me. When I'm hungry, my God can feed me. My God can do all things but fail. Is there anything too hard for God? He will turn your doubt into deliverance. Now, some of you haven't been sold yet. So let's go to where Jesus want to have a little discussion with you. Let's go to John. Chapter 4, verse 7. A Samaritan woman who was an outcast because the people around her, the saved people, thought that her sins were as greater than their sin. <laughs> so they said, I'm not going to the well with you. You have to go all by yourself. But ah, what man meant for evil, God meant for good. She had to go to the well by herself so she could have a little discussion with Jesus. Ah, I feel it. Now, don't you know God will create a need in your life just so he could fill it? Then you would have a discussion with him. Then you will worship him. Then you will praise him. Watch how the discussion starts. He said to her, start of the discussion, will you give me a drink? 
Once he started the discussion, she made a discovery. She said, well, wait a minute. Uh, are you the Messiah? Say, yeah, I, I am the Messiah. So God wants to have a discussion with you so he can help you discover who he is and what he can do. He wants to make the crooked straight. He wants to make the rough plain. He wants to make the mountains come down low. He wants to make the valleys come up high. He wants to make black and white and brown worship together. Oh, y'all should go up on that. He wants to make the lions and the lambs lay down together. He wants to have a discussion with you so you can make a discovery. Do you know what we discovered here at Hope Elam? that we're all one in Christ Jesus. Y'all missed it. There's Jew nor Greek, male nor female, bond nor free. We're all ah, And because we won, we want to make a declaration to you today. Ah, God is risen. Oh, a little bit better than that, God is risen. Watch the woman at the well. Once she made the discovery that Jesus is the Messiah, and ideally somebody today will make a discovery that Jesus is the Messiah, and no matter what kind of mess you're in, you'll have faith of a grain of a mustard seed that God can turn your mess into a miracle. Watch the woman at the well. She ran into town and made a declaration after she left everything. She said, come See a man who could give you strength in the struggle. Come see a man that he could turn your burdens into a blessing. Come see a man who's divine, who's the Messiah, who's Jehovah Jireh, uh, more than enough, uh, who's Elohim. Uh, come see a man some call him Elohim, some call him Jehovah Jireh, but I don't know about you, for me, and his name is Jesus. And his name is Jesus. Oh, a little bit better than that. And his name is Jesus. And he is risen. Man, I tell you what. I told Pastor Hurst, I said, you, you just got to bring a little bit more energy. I'm not sensing it from you this morning. Come on now. Come on, come on, come on now. He's here today. The only way you can go from a mess to a miracle is through the Messiah. Amen? So here's the only thing that's left this Easter. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do with all this? Because we could preach at you all day long. We can talk about the mess. We can talk about the miracle. The question is, what are you going to do with the message? Are you going to let one more Easter go by? Are, are you, are you going to stay apathetic and indifferent to the whole thing and say, ah, that's fine, I'll, I'll do my thing and, I, and I'll come, but John, I'll come on Easter, I'll come on Christmas, that's fine. But we all know that this church thing is just boring and irrelevant. I believe, if that's been your experience, I, I apologize. If you've had a bad experience with the church in the past, I am so sorry. If, if you've been bored by the church, 
I am here to tell you today, I believe that it is a shame to bore people with the gospel of Jesus Christ that is the greatest news in the history of the world. It is anything but boring. There is so much more. There is so much more. And yet some of you might say, okay, that's fine for you guys, and you're kind of crazy up there, but I'm not going to be one of those kind of Christians, you know, that like are going to come back to church next week. Believe it or not, we'll be here next week. And the week after, and the week after, and the week after, because the story just keeps on getting better. You can step into the story. Are you going to hear about a miracle this morning, or are you going to step into one? Jesus has so much more for you. I don't know, John, I'm not going to be one of those people that actually like follows Jesus every single day and one of those crazy Christians that comes back again and again. It's just all irrelevant to me. This is fun and this is cute. I'll have my Easter brunch and move on with my life. It's irrelevant. I want you to consider for a moment the dozens upon dozens of men and women that come to this building every week for their support groups and are experiencing the power of healing for their recovery in their hurts and their habits and their hang-ups. I, I want you to ask them if the church is irrelevant. I want you to ask the hundreds of kids that run through these hallways in our variety of preschools and Joshua Christian Academy every, every week that they, they feel, I've never been so loved. I'm learning, I'm growing up. I've never been so loved by a church, by the love of Jesus. I want you to ask the hundreds of refugee families that have moved into these very neighborhoods, these streets right around our church building that you blessed with over 400 welcome kits. These refugees from Afghanistan the last year that came with nothing and you literally helped move them into your homes. Ask them if the church is boring or irrelevant. All they know, all they know is there is a church, there is a group of so-called Christians that love with no strings attached because that's what we do. That's what followers of Jesus do. That's when the church is at its best. Ask the single mom who's completely overwhelmed with life but have found love and acceptance in her women's small group in this church. Ask the refugees in the countries displaced around Ukraine right this minute that have been blessed and ministered to by our ministry partner, Convoy of Hope, that has been on the ground since this crisis started, and they are able to do what they do large in part to what you have done. Your generosity, this church, over just the last six weeks has given over a million dollars to refugees in Ukraine. Praise God for that. That shows the heart of this church. Yeah, you can say it's boring or relevant, or you can look around a little bit. Irrelevant, far from it. Perfect, far from it. We've clearly demonstrated that. If you're looking for a perfect church, you're going to kind of want to keep right on going next week. We've, this is not that. Perfect, absolutely not. Very different from each other, absolutely. We've already talked about that. You want to talk about a miracle. You want to talk about a miracle, and you need to hear me say this. You are sitting in a miracle right now. Where else in our culture, where else in our world can black and white and brown and rich and poor and city and suburb and young and old and Republican and Democrats and Hawkeyes and Cyclones and Spartans all come together, amen? As one, as one, as one, as one, as one, amen. Praise God. That's a miracle. That only happens. 
That only happens when we remember that the Jesus who unites us is stronger than any differences that could divide us. Amen? That's a miracle. That's a miracle. That's why we come together. That's how we find a miracle in the middle of the mess. You could stay apathetic to the whole church thing. You really could. But you're going to miss out on what it means to have real hope. The timeless wisdom from the book of Proverbs puts it this way in chapter 13. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope pushed aside. Jesus, church, kept at a distance. Real hope pushed aside for another year on Easter. Pushed aside as irrelevant. Pushed aside as I don't have time for that. And when you do that, it makes the heart sick. And some of you, your heart is sick today because you don't have peace. You're stressed out all the time, mom. You're stressed out all the time, dad. You're worried about the end of life. Your fears are overtaking you. Your peace, your joy, your hope is tied to a roller coaster of emotions from day to day. And I'm here to tell you this morning that you can know, that you know, that you know, that you can have this hope because a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Jesus wants to fill you up. You can have a miracle right in the middle of your mess. And I discovered that about a year or so ago in the strangest of places, God shows up in the strangest of places. I found myself in enemy territory at Hilton Coliseum. And there I was, I, I wouldn't have gone otherwise, but I scored some free tickets from a friend. And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go. It's a preseason game in early December. So I'm gonna go and I get there and I am at the tippy top of Hilton Coliseum. I'm, I'm way up in the nosebleed section, but it, it wasn't even that far. There was a guy that was sitting farther up and I could not help but notice him. Up and to my left, I mean, he was at the very top row of the Coliseum. So He could wipe the rafters of Hilton Coliseum. He was so high up there. And I watched him more than I watched the game. And this guy was just kind of decked out. I mean, his clothes were even more raggedy than that, like 1980s vibe, cyclone. And he was just up there going. He had his, his ear headphones in. He was listening to the game on the radio. He was jumping up and down and screaming and going crazy. He had pop and popcorn and a hot dog. He was going nuts. I mean, he was just going crazy. And then the game started. And the whole game, he was just going nuts and jumping up and down. And when there was a, be a big play or a slam dunk, he'd get on the phone and call somebody. Hey, did you see that? That was awesome. This is amazing. This is great. You would have thought it was the final four. I mean, it was a preseason game. They were playing East, Middle, Tennessee, State, Tech, Department of Natural Resources or something like that. And he just was going nuts. He's just going crazy. I watched. I was just captivated by him. And so the game ended. I'm like, I got to meet this guy. I got to know his story. And so I walked up to him and say his name is Randy. It wasn't his real name, but what's called his name is Randy. I said, dude, tell me your story. He said, oh, man, thanks for asking. I, I, everybody else had cleared out. I mean, we were like the last two to leave. He's like, I've been a Cyclone fan my whole life. I've watched every game on TV. This is my very first game in this arena. He was my age. And he said, I, I'll tell you, because of COVID the last couple of years, my family's fallen on hard times. And and I had to move in with my sister. And so this last year for my birthday, my entire family pitched in and they got me this ticket. And I will tell you, I have been looking forward to this for months. And you know, I didn't know what to say in that moment. So I said, uh, sorry you had such terrible seats, man. He goes, oh, I don't care. It's like I won the lottery. I, I wouldn't have missed this for the world. There are two ways to live this life. 
One is if nothing is a miracle and somehow life owes you something. Or that everything is a miracle. And one of those is going to lead to despair and one of those is going to lead to an everlasting hope. Randy had the spirit of Easter because he understood he didn't deserve anything. That everything that he has is pure grace. That is the miracle. What if the miracle of Easter is not that every single thing in your life lines up and is perfect? What if the miracle this Easter is that this morning when you woke up, you have breath in your lungs and life because early one Sunday morning... (laughs) Because early one Sunday morning, Jesus got up with a fresh breath of life in his lungs. What if the miracle is that there are people sitting next to you this morning that love you, that care about you? What if the miracle this morning is that Jesus walks out of that grave and says, take the ticket. This is the free gift of eternal life. Death is not the end. That is my promise to you. Take the ticket. Take the ticket. Receive the free gift. I want to fill you with that hope that Paul talks about in the book of Romans. He says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. That's the invitation of Easter. Not just to be filled, but to overflow with hope. That even in the middle of your mess, we can see a miracle. Randy knew that. Friend Charlie knew that. As we grow as a church, we don't always know everybody. But about a year ago, I got to meet my friend Charlie, who's 26. And at the time I met him, he was young and vibrant, active, 26-year-old young adult. But everything changed a couple years before I met him when he got his terrible, terrible diagnosis of cancer that was growing rapidly. It was in the later stages, and the doctor said, weeks, maybe months at the best. And you would have thought it would have derailed everything. But it didn't because Charlie was a young man of faith in Jesus Christ. And it didn't derail him because he knew that death was not the end of the story. And so he put his faith in Jesus Christ, and he let that define every moment that he had left. And I find myself a few months after that of meeting him, speaking at his funeral. Man, we think we're so tough. I don't, I don't need Easter. I don't need church. I'm just going to do my life. 26. And I stood up. I didn't know what to say. And I said, man, if, if Charlie was here, he could stand up and say, man, I got gypped. I got robbed. I had so much life left. How unfair is God? But he didn't. And here's why. Because his mom told me he had a plaque hanging above his bed those last few years, hanging above his hospital bed, hanging above his bed at home when hospice came, and the plaque simply said, I choose hope. I choose hope. And you can say that when death is not the end of the story. That's only the only way that you can say that. And people would might want to stand up at a funeral like Charlie's or stand up at a funeral of your loved one and say, why did Jesus take Charlie so soon? Why did Jesus take my loved one for me? And I stood up and I said, Jesus did not take Charlie. Death took him. And Jesus takes death because he is the resurrection and the life. Amen? Death, where is your sting? That's how we can have hope this morning. When you know Jesus, you can't lose. 
It's a win-win. Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. When you know Jesus, you get it all, now and later. Death is not the end. That's the good news for us this morning. Ted Lasso said, I choose hope. My friend Randy said, I choose hope. Charlie said, I choose hope. Even Doubting Thomas, his nickname is Doubting Thomas, chose hope, and you can too. Only when you come face to face with the empty tomb. Only when Jesus puts right in front of you that clear demonstration. Wow. Told y'all that was a mess. Um, God, when you ask for a physical manifestation of his glory, as you want your hope and your joy to move from gestation to implementation, sometimes he has to give you a display before he can demonstrate his love he has for you and I. The, the ladies had already, had already made up their decision that Jesus was dead and not resurrected. Oh, I know I'm right about it. The text says when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And they could not understand that because they had the anointed spices. They brought that to anoint Jesus' body so they could put him in a grave. So they had already made the decision that Jesus was dead. But God gave them a display as they ran to the tomb. They looked into the display and he wasn't there. They had already got the display of the cross because if you don't get it the first time, God will show it to you again. They had already got the display of the cross and then he had to give them the display of the tomb. Can I tell you something while I'm erect today? Because on the other side of suffering is glory. You got to suffer first. You got to go through Friday first. Oh, Alicia, you got to go through death first to really know what life is all about. And I was looking at my bride, and you know today, I've been chasing something for 34 years, and people used to say I was not very smart for doing it. Then when I came to Hope Elam, I told myself, you're not very smart for doing it. But today on the front page of the Des Moines Register, Hope Elam, I love you so very much because you dare to have the courage. You dare to tell your friends. You dare to tell your co-workers that there's Jew nor Greek nor male nor female, that we are all one in Christ Jesus. And Cheryl Hurst, for all the suffering that I go through, and I love you so much. This is the glory, sweetie. I don't need you to stand and clap and say I can preach. I don't need that. I just need y'all to love me. I just need y'all to say that I'm your neighbor and you're going to love me as you love yourself. I just need you to say that you want that one God that I want. 
that one heaven that I want. That's what I need you to say today. So if you don't have a church home today, I'm telling you, Hope Elam is the place. You see, we not form a fashion. I tried to come on. I tried to be all cute and I was going to be all ticket. All right. The mental investigations of your spiritual scrutiny that will ideally coincide with your existential reality as well as your eschatological. <laughs> but I see that. And Gavin comes and just talks to me, and I'm, he, just, he talks, and Harper's spinning. That's what I want. And that's what I want for you today. To come someplace where you can feel the love and acceptance of an almighty God who will look beyond every fault you have and supply every need you need. He's Jehovah Jireh. Nothing you can do can separate you from the love of God. Pastor already told you it's a free gift. It's free today. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is risen and he loves you. I love you so much, Hope Elam. I really do. I do. I thank God so much. And if he never does another thing for me, he's already done far too much. Man, we're not perfect, but there's a whole lot of love in this room. <laughs> and... Uh, there's a whole lot of miracles as well. The miracle of Easter is not that an isolated event happened 2,000 years ago. The message of Easter is that miracles are happening all around you. They're sitting next to you right now. And so as we close, the band is going to do a song for you, and they're going to sing of the power and the hope that Jesus can intersect your story. And just as you're going to see on the screen some people from our church family, just regular old people here at Hope Elam, just like you, that have fallen on hard times, that have just found themselves in a mess the last year. But instead of saying, man, life is so hard, I'm going to run away from the church. I'm going to run away from God. They ran to the church. They ran to Jesus. And they discovered a God that makes miracles out of a mess. Take a look. miracle. Everything is a miracle. Everything is by the sheer grace of God. And you, you've seen their stories. You've heard the Easter story. The question is, what's your story going to be? One more Easter? <laughs> One more year of apathy or indifference? Or is this going to be the year that you let God's love all the way in? That you experience a miracle? Don't let it end here. We want to get connected with you. We want to know you. And if, if you feel something inside of you right now that's just kind of stirring, you're like, ooh, I've never felt this way before. I wasn't expecting this this morning. Well, maybe you were going to the tomb expecting a dead body this oh, morning, and Jesus showed up this morning. 
and intersected your soul. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Wow. Please tell us what your story is. Go to the New to Hope Elam booth. Wow. Fill out a card. Let us know who you are. Come back next week. Don't let this be the end of your story. Wow. Come see a man. Come see a man who can change your situation. He could turn your crisis, chaos, and condition into connection and communication with God. That man can change your mess to a miracle. Amen. Pastor Urs, I don't know about you. Woo! I feel like dancing. Oh, Lord. I feel like singing. I feel like clapping. I feel like shouting because Jesus is alive. Amen. Yes. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's stand on up. Let's sing. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.